Hello and welcome back to episode 71 of the Bible Project and we're in the second part of our new season uh, working together through the book of Genesis. I would remind you that a full transcript of all of the text of this message is found in the podcast notes section on the Buzzsprout website. So today in the second part of our introduction to Genesis, I'm looking at the idea of an almighty God. One of the very first debates that emerged between early Christianity and the Roman Empire was the question of whether an emperor could be God, questioning the very assumption that the likeness of the emperor should be placed in the temple and worshipped. Now you can see how that might happen when someone is at the pinnacle of an authoritarian political hierarchy, someone who instills a tremendous amount of power and influence. Now this has happened several times before in the 20th century and some would say is still happening today in countries like North Korea. But this is indeed what did happen throughout the Roman world at the same time that Christianity was emerging and beginning to spread. The Christian response to that idea was one of saying you should never confuse the specific sovereign with the principle of sovereignty. Now given human nature it seems unlikely to me that an idea should emerge where human beings would willingly subordinate themselves to something greater than themselves. Why would we want to subordinate ourselves so much so that even the king or the emperor is subordinate themselves to a higher principle? And that is still the case today. That principle still lies within society today. We still believe it today. If you are blessed by living in a fairly civilised, democratic society, today your president or your prime minister will still be subordinate to the law of the land. Whatever the body of law is, there is a principle inside it that everyone, even the leader of a nation, comes under its authority. In 1970, when Nixon briefly expressed in his famous interview with British journalist David Frost that he believed that once the President had decided to do something, it became legal, it was that idea that ultimately became his undoing. Without the principle that everyone is under the law, we can't even begin to have a civilised society. When the leader of such society turns into something that is said to be above that divine principle, when the leader is seen to be all-wise and all-powerful, that is when things go seriously wrong. And that's certainly what happened in the early Soviet Union, and it's definitely what happened in Maoist China and the Cultural Revolution, and it's what happened in Nazi Germany as well. The idea of an almighty God was embedded in society as far back as the Old Testament book of Judges where we saw leader after leader going wrong because as it says in the book they were doing what they felt was right in their own eyes rather than being subservient to something higher and that thing being revealed as the will of God. I believe that in the West particularly The idea that a country's legal system is predicated on the fact that the law is rooted in the biblical idea of an almighty God 
a holy God, and it is that truth that underpins every well-functioning, properly grounded society. Democratic societies from their earliest days recognise that individuals have intrinsic value because there is something about everyone that is divine. It is at the base of our legal system and what lies at the cornerstone of every civilised society is the notion that everyone is equal before that God. In the final analysis, the word of God, the Logos, described in John chapter 1, says that the divine lives within the individual believer, not within the state. In the New Testament, the opening of John's Gospel was designed to be a parallel to what we're going to look at shortly, the opening of Genesis. And I think this idea of the divine indwelling is closely associated also and demonstrated with the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost because he came, he fell and he manifested himself within individuals. See the Bible is a book that has been written, has been inspired but it both looks forward and it looks back in time. Now in some sense you can say that most books exist in that format because in a sense they first come to exist within the mind of the author as the one who inspires them and that author will always know the beginning from the end. But think about that and how infinitely more so that is when we consider the Spirit of God as the inspirer of this book, our Bible. Over the course of nearly 1,000 years, the European perspective has trained the mind to interpret everything that is known within the single coherent framework, the idea of a created universe. We threaten and attempt to throw that idea out today, but by accepting the initial truism of a created universe, we access a worldview which tries to attune people to the necessity of believing in an almighty God and an absolute truth. Now most historians would argue that the scientific revolution that was initiated in the 17th century would never have got off the ground if it hadn't been for Christianity. But the attack came later in the, in the 1800s when Nietzsche announced that God was dead. But even Nietzsche himself when writing that saw what a catastrophe that might be. Nietzsche, although proclaiming the death of God, also understood that by doing so he was knocking the pillars out from under the base of Western civilization. We, at that moment, humanity in the mass, began to destroy this very representation of the idea of God. And it was at that point also that people began to lose their understanding of the importance of this book called the Bible and the divine wisdom that is contained within it. Nietzsche himself even foresaw that because of his ideas that the potential was that within a hundred or so years millions of people might even die because of the replacement of these underlying truths. Now I have unpacked these Old Testament stories before in a church service sermon context but I'm going to be looking at them again with you hopefully with a slightly broader aspect than that partly because I myself want to learn more about them. When I'm preaching, I usually try and stand before people and tell them what I know for sure to be the truth as revealed through these books of the Bible. But in this series of open-ended podcasts, I have, in a sense for me, a slightly more ambitious personal objective. 
You see, there's still a lot of things about these books and these stories that I don't know yet and I don't understand, and I'm going to try and make sense of them as we progress together. I have been studying these ancient biblical books for a long time now, for over 40 years. I'm not an academic, but the Bible, I believe, is unique in that no matter how educated you are, no individual is ever educated enough to understand the complete significance of these Bible stories. But I'm going to do my best, and I hope that you'll enjoy the journey that we go on together, setting off over these next weeks and months. But before I get into the beginnings of the text in John chapter 1, I'd like to, in the next podcast, begin by talking about the origins of this first book of the Bible and thinking about where it sits within the Pentateuch and the Old Testament and indeed within the whole Bible itself. So I look forward to joining with you again very soon. Okay, everyone, that's it for this time. Now the place to go for all the links to this ministry and other ministries and podcasts that I do is the podcast notes section of this podcast on the Buzzsprout website. There you'll find links to the Facebook page, my YouTube channel, the sister podcast, the Living in Faith Everyday podcast, and also links even to my SoundCloud page where I create the background music and sound design for this podcast. And there's also, even if you're that way inclined, a place where you can support the podcast and the other ministries to the tune of £1 a month, which really helps with the funding and costs of doing this. But other than that, I really trust you've been blessed by our time together, and I hope to see you all here again very soon.